morning, guys. Monday, the 9th of May, and it was a negative night Friday. Night. What happened, Henry? Thanks, Tom. US markets were a little bit easier on Friday night. We did have that big non-farm payroll number coming out. The US economy added 428,000 jobs in April, which was a little bit above market expectation, and wage growth continues. So that was the major focal point. The Dow Jones fell 99 points, or 0.3 of a percent, so nothing really particularly damaging, but it did have a pretty hectic week in terms of volatility. The Nasdaq was down somewhat more, down 1.4% or 173 points. And the S&P was down around 0.6 of a percent. So capping off a pretty tumultuous week. In terms of commodity prices, we did see base metals off slightly across the board and miners generally were easier with the exception of Albemarle, which continues to push higher. And that was up 2.5%. Oil better as well. The market is getting all excited about the fact that the European Union is going to ban Russian oil imports. And of course, the tragic events in Ukraine continue. So that continues to put pressure on the oil price to the upside, although we have seen Saudi Arabia cutting prices for the first time in four months to its customers. So that is a potential defusing point for the oil price. Gold, not much, up 0.4 of a percent. Our market, though, we have SPY futures showing down 51. We're currently down 63. All eyes on Westpac, which is up around 2.3% after their results. But the rest of the market has been whacked. Banks remaining under pressure and we have got the resource stocks under pressure and the Aussie dollar under pressure as well. It looks like it could go through 70 cents as the US dollar continues to push higher on the back of US rate rises. So that's about it from me. Thank you, Henry. And I'll just fill in a few more gaps with what's happening in our market this morning. Energy and healthcare names in positive territory, tech and property stocks are the worst performers. Most sectors are easing. Westpac up on results. They had a higher dividend expenses were lower and still making a massive amount of money, these banks, $3.1 billion cash profit for the first half. So a lot of money there. Suncorp up a little bit on its quarterly results. News Corp slipping 10% or as much as 10%. They had results last Friday. And Magellan also weaker after offloading its interest in Guzman Y Gomez, which is that Mexican franchise that Chris often frequents. Yeah, I do like it. And they made a pretty penny out of it as well. Some 35 or $36 million I was reading this morning having bought it in early 2021. So pretty juicy turnaround in a fairly short space of time. Yeah, using the Mark 1 eyeball, as Henry says, I don't think I would have sold that steak. It seems like it can only go up. Yeah, well, who knows? People like Mexican food. Yeah, and <laughs> ANZ is ex-dividend today. I'll keep going. I'm on strategy today. Marcus is back tomorrow from his motorcycle adventure. I'm taking a quick look at the Westpac results, which the market is responding well to. What to look out for this week? Locally, we don't have any top-tier economic data due, but the US and China both have consumer and producer inflation data out, which will be keenly scrutinized. I was on Ausbiz this morning with a buy, hold and sell. Difficult to have a buy in when the market's down, but I was talking up zero resources as my buy, NAB as my hold and ARB group as my sell. So you can see those juicy details in the strategy section. Tom, you'll be one to do this, but I will give you a bit of a shout out. You're never going to promote yourself, but you can follow Tom as you can follow Henry and myself on the Osbiz platform. Tom is now a listed expert on the Osbiz platform. He's done four buy hold sales now in his little sessions on Osbiz. So well done to Tom. Let's do it. A round of applause.
and like I said, you can follow him on the Osmond platform. So make sure to check that out if you're interested in what Tom has to say. I certainly am. I followed him this morning. Well, thank you, Chris, for that very generous recommendation. I guess there's a low bar to be called expert these days. <laughs> no, no, but don't it, sell it short. Well, it has been good. good. Henry, what are you talking about today? Thanks, expert Tom. Just talking my stuff today, really about the election. We do have two weeks to go. And of course, the big shouty contest was last night between the two leaders. I don't know why Craig Kelly wasn't invited because the newspapers keep telling me he's the next prime minister, but um, clearly he didn't get the bait for that one. But really, both parties are pretty policy light as far as the market goes. So the market will probably be really focusing on a clear winner rather than minority or a hung parliament. So that that's probably the major thing. At the moment, it looks like it's elbows to lose as it was Bill Shorten's to lose last time around. And the odd for Scott Morrison and the coalition have blown back out to $3.25, $3.25 on sports bet. Usual Monday check-in with the US in terms of the fear and greed indices and crypto fear and greed and also the GDP now, which is always interesting, especially given what we saw on Friday from the US in terms of those jobs numbers. But certainly at the moment, resources very much on the nose uh, and they are very much leading the market down, which is not particularly great news, but that is the way of things, especially with the dollar at 70 cents. So that seems to be the uh, sell Aussie, sell the resource sector. Global mm-hmm. growth is well and truly over, apparently. Anyway, Thank that's you, about Henry. it from me. Thank you, Henry. A lot of good stuff there as always. Leighton, anything interesting from the brokers this morning? Thanks, Tom. It's all about the banks this morning. Macquarie, they were smashed on their results last week. It's been a pretty mixed response from the brokers this morning. They upgraded to an ad at Morgan's and they've increased their EPS forecast for the next couple of years, as well as lifted their target price to $215 which implies a 15% upside. On the flip side, they were downgraded to underperform at Credit Suisse and they've lowered their target price to $150, down from $210, which implies a 20% downside. And that was based on the disappointing guidance. Got National Australia Bank downgraded to neutral at UBS and that's despite the broker upgrading. The EPS forecast, the target price was lifted to $35, which implies an 11% upside. And I've got REA Group upgraded to add at Morgan's, but the target target price was lowered slightly down to $145.50. That still implies a 30% upside. Broker expects a volatile fourth quarter coming up. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, Leighton. And I'll swing to Christopher. What are you talking about? Oh, thanks, Tom. First and foremost, just announcing that I have booked in a chart chat for Wednesday, the 25th of May at midday. So if anyone is interested, please register for that. My theme today in the chart of the day section is all about great companies that have awful charts. And I think there's a lot of that around at the moment. I focused on ARB Corporation last week and spoke about that on Friday. It's a company that I love personally and have loved in terms of trading on the way up, but now is in a firm downtrend. And the same one, this a similar one this morning, I should say, is Zero. So a fantastic company, of course, the cloud accounting software doing very well in Australia, expanding into the UK, trying to get a foothold in the US, although it will be difficult there because there is an incumbent there into it, which has a turbo tax, I think it is. But a fantastic company that is growing quite well, growing quite strongly. The numbers look good. The problem, however, is the chart looks absolutely terrible. It's gone from about 160 late last year to sub 90. Uh, it's about 85 bucks at the moment. It's in a screaming downtrend and it is just not the right environment to have, I'll be buying, sorry, I should say, a high PE, high growth tech company whose share price is largely built on the promise of future earnings that look less and less attractive as interest rates go up. So I think the message that I'm trying to pass here is, you know, you can love a company you can love what they do. You can think it's a great business. You can believe it's well run. All of those things.
those things can be true, but the share price can be moving in the wrong direction. And until that slide is arrested and until we see some technical evidence of the stock bottoming out or indeed turning higher, I just don't think you need to waste your time trying to guess where the turning points on these stocks will be. Don't guess. We know what happens to people that try and pick bottoms. Wait for the evidence. Wait to see things turn around. Wait to see some bullish momentum and then buy these names that you want to, want to buy. And the, and the premise there is that if you miss the first five or 10% of the rally, who cares if you get the next 30, 40, 50%. So don't be in a hurry to try and guess at where the turning points on some of these things might be. Wait till you have the evidence and then get after those companies that you do really like and then in the trading at a discounted price. Some great stuff there to take note of. Chris, do you want to end us with question of the day? Well, the question of the day that I put to everyone this morning was how would you, uh, having seen the last three banks results, not CBA, they're in a different cycle, of course. How would you rank the banks from best to worst now? So Tom, we'll start off with you. So NAB is my number one, CBA second, Westpac third, and ANZ on the bottom. Henry, do you have a view on the banks and how you'd rate them? Thanks, Chris. I, I, just as an aside in my thing today, I actually asked Andrew Lyons, who's the MD of Goldman Sachs and their banking analyst, why the banks, uh, the three banks are out of cycle with the rest of the market. So uh, for those people looking at some trivia, there's the reason why that is the case, as he told me. It was always puzzling me why they were. I spoke to him about his take on the banks in terms of his preference, and I have to say it probably mirrors mine to a great extent. And the order goes, National Australia Bank, CBA, Westpac, ANZ, ANZ very much the lost sheep at the moment. Westpac on the comeback trail, NAB's big turnaround under Ross McEwen, and CBA, well, it's CBA, Dolomites, Good Tech, etc. So um, that was his one, two, three, four, and certainly I would be in the same page as him. Very good. Thank you, Henry. And uh, you're not going to give the answer to the, the, the trivia question? People need to go to the newsletter. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the answer is uh, relatively simple, is that in the old days when the banks were uh, sort of uh, less technologically savvy, they uh, waited till all the companies had reported their June year ends and then went through the numbers ah. and uh, then spent the next two or three months working out their policy in terms of their lending structures and their risk assessments of them. And that took them uh, two or three months to do. So they reported uh, that three months after everybody else. The Commonwealth Bank, being a government entity at the time, didn't have the same kind of stipulations. And Macquarie, which has another different cycle to them all as well, being British-based originally because Macquarie was Hill Samuel when it first started up some many, many years ago. British companies have a April the 5th a year end or year beginning. So they have a March year end because of that historical sort of um, precedent. There you go. Fantastic. Thank you, Henry. You learn something new every day. There you go. That's Out of all your friends. I know that was the big question that most people wanted answered about the bank sector is uh, why do they report out of cycle? But that's that's why. Because <laughs> That's awesome, mate. I love learning stuff like that. So thank you. Uh, well done. Leighton? Yeah, I think I agree with what's already been said, but Combank might just push NAB out of the way. Yeah, so I, just for me, I'm the same. I'm Combank, NAB, uh, Westpac, uh, which was is off the bottom now for me. It was firmly on the bottom. And I think ANZ, like you, Tom, is probably at the bottom of the list and has some work to do. Very good. All right, well, that wraps it up. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Henry. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Until then, take care. See ya. See ya. Thanks, Henry. Thanks, Henry.